We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. slate to get to three day games and a, a, a seven night games uh, sorry at 705 so we'll, we're gonna run down the slate in just a sec but I, i'm your host james seltzer let me welcome in my man my co-host benny ricciardi what's up ben and not too much just uh sitting here we're doing this on uh wednesday night so watching some of the games i got going right now pretty happy with what i'm getting out of Syndergaard. not very happy with what i'm getting out of the other pitchers to pay up for so you know we'll see how the night goes there you go. There you go. And, and we'll see how the day goes today for everybody else when they're they're listening to it. So um, uh, some tough pitching options today. So so we'll get into it. Run down the slate. As I said, a 10 game slate starts out at 1210 in Atlanta as Cincinnati's in town. Dan Straley taking on Matt Whistler. Righty righty battle there. Then we got a couple of lefties squaring off in Tampa Bay at 110 as Seattle heads into town. James Paxton against Blake Snell, top prospect for the Rays, being called up to make his second start of the season as Matt Andrees' move to the bullpen. Uh, 335 outing in Oakland as uh, Texas is in town. Colby Lewis taking on Daniel Mengden. Uh, then we get to Philadelphia as the night slate begins at 7.05. Aaron Nola pitching for the Phillies. Toronto Blue Jays ending that four-game slate in town. J.A. Happ. 
going for the Blue Jays. Then we get a 7-10 start in Boston, Baltimore in town. Tyler Wilson taking on Eduardo Rodriguez, who has struggled since uh, starting the season on the DL and returning. A 7-10 start in New York is uh, Bartolo Colon and the Mets host uh, the Pirates and Juan Nicasio. Uh, and then we go on to an 8-10 start in Minnesota, Kyle Gibson hosting the Yankees and the uh, the ageless CC Sabathia is having his best season in a long time, which I'm sure Benny is excited about. 8-15 start in Kansas City. Detroit in town. Justin Verlander against lefty Danny Duffy. And then the last two games of the night, 10-10 starts and uh, Los Angeles as Milwaukee is in town. Junior Guerra against Scott Casimir. And then another 10-10 start in San Diego as Tanner Roark and the Nats head into town to take on Eric Johnson. All right, Benny, not a ton of great pitching options today, but uh, yeah. I think that means there'll be some good bats for us to recommend, and then we'll try and find the pitching values. So let's start with that 12-10 game in Atlanta. Cincinnati in town. Dan Straley against Matt Whistler. Uh, a couple of pitchers who've, who've had some good starts this year, but have uh, you know not really been consistent with it. Uh, what are you looking at in this one? Yeah, you know, I actually kind of like Straley. I picked him up in season long, and he's been pretty good. His problem is he's a converted reliever, so he doesn't really go deep in the games. He only gives you like five or six innings. And we know that the Reds have one of the worst bullpens in the league. So I don't expect Straley to get knocked around a lot. But once he comes out of the game, I think all these left-handed bats are in play. I like Malik Smith leading off. Uh, he's been getting on base. He can steal a base for you. He's still pretty cheap on a lot of sites, so... I think he's somebody I'd look at, you know, Freddie Freeman having another nice night, um, you know, Wednesday night. So he's another guy I think you can look at. I mean, there's not much upside with the other lefties, guys like Marcakis and Enciarte. Uh, you know, maybe if you get a stolen base out of Enciarte or something. But, you know, Marcakis doesn't have the home run upside. So really, other than Freeman and Smith, there's not much I want on Atlanta. And then Whistler has been much better this year, but his problem last year was left-handed bats. So... Guys like Joey Votto, guys like Jay Bruce, I think they're in play here today as well. So I think there's a few bats you can look at here. Yeah, I agree. I love the Jay Bruce and Votto call. And uh, Whistler did look really good for like a three, four-game stretch in there, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, has struggled a little bit recently. I do like the Straley call, 7,100, a, a nice value to take a risk against an atrocious Atlanta offense, uh, even though they put up a few runs lately, to be fair. All right, let's get on to that 110 start in Tampa Bay as Seattle's in town. James Pax and the lefty taking on Blake Snell, who is uh, the top prospect for the Rays. We saw him come up and face Benny's Yankees earlier this season and, and just throw six you know, stellar innings. Uh, I think it was six Ks, maybe one earned, and, and just had a few of those pitches where you're, you're kind of just like, whoa. You know? So, um, Benny, uh, how, how do you feel about this one? Snell, is, is 8,000 too much for an unproven guy? I... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be going that route today. You know, you got you got Nelson Cruz on the other side to deal with. You know, Seattle's not really great against left-handed pitching. They got a couple guys that hit lefties well. Nelson Cruz is just like an absolute monster against lefties. So he's somebody I definitely would want to have some exposure to. You know, besides him, though, I mean, Gutierrez is decent against lefties. And Chris Iannetta, who usually gets, uh, you know, priced up against lefties, um, you know, maybe like a day ho Lee. We don't have a, a long track record on him, but he's been pretty good so far. So there's a couple guys that could make this a tough start for Snell. Uh, even on the other side, I mean, 
Tampa Bay, <clears throat> Tampa Bay against righties strikes out a lot. They're not very good. But against lefties, this lineup is pretty tough. I mean, Longoria's hit lefties well his whole life. You got Forsyth back, who absolutely kills left-handed pitching. You know, uh, Mike Maytock has been pretty good. Steve Pierce is good. Uh, you know, Steven Souza is pretty good against lefties. So I think this could be a really tough spot for Paxton here. I kind of like this uh, these Tampa Bay bats. Maybe Maybe a sneaky stack with them. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I would take a shot on Snell in a tournament or two. There's a ton of upside there. The worry is how many innings he'll get, but he'll strike mm. guys out and has a chance to win. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a decent risk, but I, I think there are other better values on the board. Uh, moving on, one uh, 335 start, the last uh, of the early games. Colby Lewis and the Rangers heading into town to Oakland to take on Daniel Megden. Uh, don't know a lot about Magden. I, I believe his second or third start of the season. Uh, you know, w- w- is this a chance to to get some Rangers in your lineup, Benny? Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, Oakland's not the greatest hitters park, but um, you know, you're looking at Magden's stats from from his minor league days, and left-handed bats have been the way to go after him. With Texas, <clears throat> with Texas getting healthy, you're looking at since Shu Chu, Nomar Mazara. Prince Fielder, Jurickson Profark is a switch hitter, um, you know, Rognit Odor, you know, Mitch Moreland if he's in there. I mean, they have five or six pretty solid lefties that they can throw against them. So I, I think the lefties on Texas is the way I want to go there. And then Colby Lewis is not a good pitcher, but he also doesn't ever really get lit up. You know, he throws a lot of ground balls. He he gives up a decent batting average, but not usually big fantasy scores. So I know Oakland's been putting up some big numbers in the last week, and people have been using them. But I don't know if I really want guys like Valencia or Chris Davis or you know maybe Stephen Vogt, the left-handed uh, catcher, getting in there. I mean, they're probably the best ones, but I don't think I'm going to be using them. Yeah, I think the Oakland offense is a stay away from me. I, I love the the Odor and Profar. Sadly, you can only play one of the two because they're both at second base. But mm-hmm. Odor at thirty one hundred, Profar at twenty twenty eight hundred. I think there's a lot of upside built into those values there. And and a guy like Mazzara just continues to to you know be priced in that thirty one hundred three thousand. He's thirty one hundred tomorrow, or excuse me, yeah, tomorrow. So um, I, I think that's another value as well as that kid's just a, just a really really good hitter. And you know he's obviously hasn't been you know, straight through white hot, but he just seems to put up hits yeah. every night. He's he's one of my favorite young players in the league right now, and I agree with you. I feel like I've been using him a lot because his price just never moves, and, and he's just really solid. Yeah, he's batting like in the 320 range somewhere in that region without looking it up. So, you know, it's it's your good. It's one of those spots where for 3,100, there's a really good chance that he returns the value and, and a nice chance that he, you know, goes even higher than that. So, so yeah. it's always a solid upside play. Yeah. All right, Benny, let's get into the main slaves. We've got a 705 start in Philadelphia. Aaron Nola coming off a really rough outing, really his first bad outing in a while, giving up seven runs. Taking on J.A. Happ and the Blue Jays. Happ also, I believe, coming off a rough outing, but has uh, been pretty solid so far in Toronto, and, and the Phillies obviously struggle to put up runs a lot of times. How do you feel about this one, Ben? Yeah, Nola's been very tough on right-handed bats, so I don't really like this Toronto team against them. You know, the guys that, you know, Saunders has been banged up and out of the lineup lately, so the guys that you're really worried about are, you know, the Batistas and the Donaldsons and the Incarnations who are actually good in righty-on-righty spots, but they haven't been all that great this year. 
And Nola's a guy that has like a pretty big difference between his uh, you know splits to right-handed batters and splits to left-handed batters. Without any lefties to really attack him with, I think he could have a pretty good game here. So he does have strikeout upside. You know, he's he's a little bit pricey, but not you know over the over the moon. Um, I kind of like Nola here. And then on the other side with Hap, you know, right-handed bats have a higher average. They hit more home runs against them. Really like Tommy Joseph, uh, bat and cleanup. This kid smashes left-handed pitching in the minors. Limited at-bats in the majors. He's done well against lefties, too, so he makes sense. If Andres Blanco is in there in the three-hole again, is another guy who uh, does very well against left-handed pitching. Um, 393 Woba, 204 ISO for him. He hit third on Wednesday, so he would be somebody to look at. And then whichever one of the catchers, too. You know, Carlos Ruiz has like a 370 Woba and a 213 ISO since the start of last year against left-handed pitching. So those are some elite-level numbers. If he's in there as a cheap catching option, I like him. And even if they decide to go Cameron Rupp instead, I like him as well because he's pretty good against lefties, too. So definitely a couple bats on the Philly side, and I kind of like Nola, so I'm not really looking at any of the bats on Toronto. Wow, I like that. I was not, I was not expecting that take on on Nola against that tough uh, Toronto lineup, but the righty the righty splits is a good call, and I, I love the Tommy Joseph call twenty nine hundred. Yeah, you know he was he's been at like two thousand twenty two hundred for a while, and finally starting to to go up now that he's pretty much the starting first baseman, and Ryan Howard really yeah. starting to not play very often. So and and with seven homers and eighty one at bats so far, you know one every about eleven plus at bats for Joseph. Uh, there's a lot of upside baked into that cost, especially against a lefty, which he does hit well. Yeah. Uh, Benny, well, I was gonna, I was gonna say actually, let's let's take a second here because you you said something that I think a lot of people are falling into this trap with. Do you really think Toronto's that good of an offense this year? Because I mean, their numbers are way down this year, and I feel like they're a team that if you play DFS, I know you're probably in the same boat. Like, I've stacked them up a couple times this season where I thought they were in good spots based on the numbers that they had last year. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be the game where they go off. And they just haven't done it yet this year. I'm starting to get to the point where I think that Toronto is kind of like a, a, a forgazy offensive team. You know, I, I, I don't think this team is as good as everybody gives them credit for. So I don't even think that Aaron Nola takes all that hot. I like that. A Fugazi. The, the Blue Jays are a Fugazi offensive team. They I think are. I, yeah, no, I, it's fair. They have hit well in the series against the Phillies. They've got five runs tonight. Oh, now six. It just went up. Uh, okay. 11 yesterday, seven the day before. So uh, I think I've kind of been skewed by that. And then they're coming off putting up 10 and 11 to the Orioles. Oh, excuse me. All right. So they lost the 7 nothing game to the Phillies. So there was that zero runs in there. But. They've scored double digits four of the last five games, so yeah, maybe, that's pretty good. Maybe they're getting going. Maybe I think I just kind of you know recency bias, but I think that's a fair call, especially with the righty mat righty righty matchups. But E five is one guy. It, it, too much money at forty two hundred, but that dude is hitting everything right now, and baseballs look like uh, you know beach balls right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on, a seven ten start in Boston as we've got Baltimore heading into town. Tyler Wilson righty against Eduardo Rodriguez. Rodriguez uh, looked really good last year, Benny, obviously, and a, a top prospect and uh, had the knee injury and really has not looked great so far. Are, are you, are you A, considering throwing him out there, thinking he might pick it back up, or are you, are you stacking up against him with that Baltimore offense? Yeah, and I'm not using him at all right now. I mean, he's had three starts so far. And the big difference is last year he was kind of, you know, he's still pretty tough on left-handed bats. He's a left-handed pitcher that he's going out there. 
But right-handed bats are really knocking them around this year. You know, 269 batting average for them. They have five home runs and 13 innings pitch against them already. And the fly ball rate is, is huge compared to what it was last year. And that's really where he's getting himself in trouble now. So, you know, you look at that Baltimore team. I mean, one thing they can do is hit the ball up in the air. You got guys with some power. You got guys like Trumbo. You got guys like Machado. Guys like uh, Adam Jones, all three of those are right-handed bats that have hit left-handed pitching pretty well in their careers. You know, Trumbull's been killing lefties this year, and, you know, Machado's solid, even though he's probably better in righty-on-righty spots. You know, Adam Jones, not the player he once was, but, you know, this is a guy who was one of the best in the league against left-handed pitching for a long time. And then even as you go further down the lineup, you know, guys like uh, Jonathan uh, Scope, um, you know, maybe even a Matt Weeders. I mean, I just think this is going to be a really tough spot for Rodriguez. I think they're going to knock him around. I could see them putting some big runs up against him here. And then even on the other side, you know, Tyler Wilson, both righties and lefties are doing well against him. But right-handed bats actually have a higher fly ball rate and more home runs. Um, and we've seen it with, you know, the one start that he made against them. Uh, Betts was two for five. You know, he's a guy that even in righty-on-righty spots is like a 360 Woba, 200 ISO kind of guy. You got uh, Xander Bogarts, who's been having a really solid 2016. Was three for four last game against Wilson with two doubles. And then, you know, you always got to talk about David Ortiz anytime that there's a righty on the mound, even if it's somebody who gives it up, you know, a little more to right-handed bats. Ortiz has a 430 Woba and a 300-plus ISO score since the start of 2015 against right-handed pitching. I mean, even at this stage of his career and probably his last season, this guy is just a monster against right-handed pitching. So I definitely think Boston's going to put some runs up too. I could see this being a game with a, you know a total of like nine, nine and a half and going well over it. Yeah, I, I am with you 100%. Ortiz, this guy, man. I'm sure as a Yankee fan, you probably don't enjoy it as, as many others do. But, I mean, he is – not only has he just seemed to never stop being good, but, you know, playoff heroics, clutch, all that kind of stuff. So um, it, it's fun to watch someone kind of go out, assuming he goes out, which it seems he will, uh, mm-hmm. seeing someone going to go out on the top. Uh, also, I mean, that Orioles offense has been white hot. They are on pace to break the record for home runs by a team in a month. Um, so I'm with you, especially, and I own Eddie Rodriguez. I'm going to call him Eddie because I own him in a season long that I've had him for a couple years. Um, and I'm, I'm terrified of tomorrow. So (laughs) I'm with you. I certainly am not going to take the risk and roll him out in DFS. All right, Benny, before we move on to this uh, last seven, 10 game in New York, let me remind everyone that MLB season is here. And that means that daily fantasy baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, It's just, like I just said, Eddie Rodriguez, this guy's killing me in season long, and it's depressing, but I feel like I have to roll him out there. In DFS, guess what? I don't. I'm not tied to him. I'm not tied to any one player. I'm tied to whatever guy is helping me that night and it's a very freeing feeling so join over the 1 million other users who have already won money it's never too late to join come play with me and benny every day over at fanduel.com go to fanduel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner to use my code rwpod and sign up now special offer for new users get a free six month rotowire subscription with a 25 dollars deposit you must sign up with my code rwpod that's over 60 dollars in value for just $25. So don't forget, use my code RWPOT. 
That's FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. All right, Benny, let's get on that 7-10 start I mentioned in New York as the Mets are hosting the Pirates to end out this four-game stretch. Juan Nicasio, another, we talked about fun names yesterday. I'm a big Juan Nicasio fan, it's a good one to say, against uh, Big Fat Bartolo Colon's fun just because of the moniker, Benny. It, it seems like, <laughs> you know, another game where you'd want to get bats involved. In, but I was about to criticize the Mets offense, but they've got a 10 spot up tonight right now. So, you know, kind of a confusing game. Are you going bats or are you going to try and ride one of these two pitchers? Yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm using either one of these pitchers. I mean, you look at Nicasio, you know, he had a good start to the season, but last couple games, his hits are up, his walks are up. And the thing that's always been a problem for him is his home runs are up too. So if you're walking guys giving up hits and then getting tagged for home runs, those are two and three run shots. And, you know, you give up a couple of those in a game and, and you're pretty much going to be dead. So he's not somebody that I really like. Left-handed bats have usually been the way to attack him. He's kind of tough on righties. So I guess guys like Granderson and Walker would be the ones that stand out the most. You could probably use Cespedes as well if you're stacking it up just because he's good in righty on righty spots, and he's been in fuego lately. I mean, I think tonight he has a couple more hits too, a couple more runs scored. He's just been like the, the biggest bat that they have in that offense. So if you're stacking them, you definitely got to use him. And then on the other side, I mean, you know, left-handed bats do slightly better against Cologne, but right-handed bats are okay too. So guys like Polanco, I think, make some sense. Uh, you know, McCutcheon. Uh, Josh Harrison, if he's up towards the top of the order, uh, you know, Young Ho Kong, um, you know, all these guys are 360 plus Woba kind of guys that, you know, have a little bit of pop can can take Cologne deep. You know, he basically just throws fastballs and he spots them. But if he misses the spot on one, you know, he's like, he doesn't have the same speed that he did before. So he's throwing 91, 92 mile an hour, which to some of these guys, that's like a meatball to them. And, you know, they're going to be able to drive it if he misses the spot. So. You know, Cologne tends to do well and then have a bad inning here or there where it kind of all falls apart for him. And I expect with, you know, the power and the length of this Pirates offense that at some point they're going to have one of those big innings against them. Yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with either of the pitchers in this game. I, I love a lot of the names you said, so I don't need to, to go back over them, but I'll just highlight Jung Oh Gong. I, I, still only at 3000 He's really been consistently for the most part, except for a couple spikes priced in this range of three thousand kind of with Mazzara, similar kind of case but he keeps hitting man like he's got yeah. nine homers under two at bats he's you know, really he's, good yeah, he's, he's really really, really and he's batting good. cleanup in a really really good lineup and he hits yep. both righties and lefties so um i think that's a guy you can really keep taking advantage of while that price is you know kind of stable in that area until until you know the algorithm or whatever it is catches up take advantage uh benny all right let's move on to those eight ten starts or eight o'clock and beyond starts minnesota hosting your yankees and that kyle gibson for the for the twins i'm sure you're getting some bats in against him but maybe uh you're not sticking bats in against cc sabathia these days because all this guy does is is pitch like the old cc uh, is this going to keep up and and where are you going with this one Ben? I mean I might I might be saying this from a fan standpoint but I hope he keeps this up. This Obviously, is yeah, you know, right? I would hope This is does. definitely, you know, they he's looked really good. I mean, basically what's changed for him is last year right-handed bats hit 300 against him. Um, you know, hot, huge home run numbers against him, huge fly ball rate. 
this year he's been real tough on right-handed bats. So I think they're only hitting about 215, 220. If he can keep it to 215, 220, you know, without all the home runs and keep the fly balls down as well, you know, he's going to limit the damage that teams were able to do to him last year. I don't love the matchup here for him because Minnesota is basically all right-handed from top to bottom. You know, Eduardo Nunez leading off has been playing well. Um, who's that? Robbie Grossman hitting in the three spots, been hitting for him. You got Brian Dozier. You got Plouffe. You got Park. All of these guys are big right-handed bats. So, you know, I don't think it's a soft spot for Sabathia. I'm, I'm not using him, but if somebody wanted to in the tournament, I'm not going to argue with you because the numbers – have been that good, and he has looked like the old Sabathia. And then on the other side, Kyle Gibson, you know, he's just not a good pitcher. So He's bad. Left, yeah, I mean, like, real bad, you know? Like, like, yeah, like super, super bad, like yeah. barely. Shouldn't really be a, in, a, in a major league rotation. Now, the thing that gives him some saving grace is he's not a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls. So he does keep the ball on the ground. He does keep it in the ballpark. But, I mean, we've watched the death by singles with him on the mound before and, you know, the walks and the singles. So guys like Ellsbury and Gardner should be on base a bunch. I like them. They could steal a base for you, too. Uh, you know, if Beltron's back in the lineup, he's my favorite bat against them, you know, right-handed pitching or left-handed pitching, really, for the Yankees right now. Talk about uh, ageless guys, huh? Yeah. No, he's he's actually had a little bit. He's had a pretty good season. I mean, said, 13, yeah, 14 absolutely. home runs. Like, it's you know, wild. Yeah, he, he's doing all right. And then even Brian McCann, I think, uh, you know, another left-handed bat you could take against Kyle Gibson. Like I said, I'm not looking for the Yankees to have the home runs. Gibson is a guy who does keep the ball in the ballpark, but I do think they knock him around. I do think you get a lot of singles, doubles, walks, and, uh, you know, a couple runs scored and a couple RBIs for all these guys on top of the Yankee order. Yeah, I'll echo the, the especially be able to keep it in the ballpark better in Minnesota. You know, that's a... A bit of a pitcher's park there, and uh, but I will go against you in that I love CC at seventy two hundred, and I think I'd be willing to play him maybe across the board. Uh, you know, he's got a two two eight ERA. It's it, I don't I don't understand what's happening, but um, you know, I think it's seventy two hundred on a short slate without a lot of standout pitchers. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of guys I like that much more. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not arguing anybody who wants to use him in a tournament. I completely see the merit. I can see the reasoning behind it. I guess just having watched him pitch all of last year, I'm still yeah, not. Yeah, it's tough to. You get know, that I'm a little biased, head, right? Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. So, so I do like him, but um, I can understand. Again, it's I still I'm I'm not convinced, but uh, you know, I'm willing to trust it for a little bit. Benny, let's move on. The eight fifteen start in Kansas City as the Royals host the Tigers. Uh, we've got Justin Verlander as the, the top price pitcher on the board. The, that's when you know you don't have a great pitching slate uh, going up against Danny Duffy and the Royals. Uh, Verlander at 10000 I'm guessing you want uh, no part of that even with a tough day, or, or are you willing to, to go in on that? And, and, and Duffy at 8000 I personally think is a pretty decent value as well, though a tough matchup. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, Verlander, Verlander's another guy that's kind of found the fountain of youth again and, and turned back the clock a little. He's been really good this year. Uh, you know, right-handers only hitting about 224 against them. Um, you know, higher fly ball rate and home run rate to righties, so he's a little bit of a reverse splits guy. You know, lefties are barely hitting 200 against them, so, you know, he looks like the guy from a couple years ago as well. This Royals team is just really tough to pick on, though. I know they're not as good as they were last year, 
But I mean, they're still they still wind up getting it done. I mean, a guy like Whit Merrifield, I think, is a decent play from the top of the order. Uh, you know, Eric Hosmer, 19 of 69 lifetime against Verlander, 390 Woba, 193 ISO for him. You know, those are the two guys that I'm really kind of looking at on the Royals against Verlander. I don't know if I'm going to have any shares. I may wind up with one or two in, in a tournament, but he's probably not my cash game pitcher. And then Duffy, I think I think this is actually a tough spot for Duffy. You know, he has been good this year. The price isn't horrible on him. But, I mean, you got nothing but right-handed bats in the Tigers. And, I mean, right-handed bats that have power. And this is a guy in Duffy who has a high fly ball rate. So he could definitely get tagged for a couple home runs. A few of those fly balls could easily go over the fence. I mean, you're talking Kinsler. You're talking Miggy. You're talking J.D., uh, Victor Martinez from the right side, Nick Castellanos, Upton. You know, Moya, I mean, they just have right-handed bat after right-handed bat after right-handed bat that they're going to throw at him. So I, I really don't think it's a good spot for him. Um, you know, he has been good. I think he is a guy we can look at going forward, but I don't think this is the time I want him. Yeah, I, I, it's a bummer, too, because he's really started to find his groove. I think he had 10 strikeouts last time. Yeah, he's been Nine good. Nine the one before. Um, cementing his spot in that rotation and obviously great defense behind him. But I agree. It's just maybe a throw one or two shares in there because the upside is really high. Uh, but, but I agree. That's just a, it's a tough spot against that lineup with, with all those mashers from the right side, the one hope and uh, Victor Martinez has been day to day at a knee thing. I, I think mm-hmm. he was out of the lineup today which is tomorrow so on wednesday um so make sure to check the lineups yeah. because if he is in the lineup at 2800 I-, I love him because victor is is a significantly and he's a great hitter from both sides of the plate and he's a he's a better hitter from the right side especially yeah. for power so um, and he's catcher eligible I'm well fine. yeah of course nice. That's, which is which is outrageous and i love it all right ben let's move on to the 10 10 starts we got two of them first in los angeles is milwaukee and junior guerra taking on lefty Scott Casimir and the, the Dodgers. Garrett has shown some flashes and some strikeout potential, but obviously not very consistent. Casimir, you know, can, can obviously has shown he could do it before uh, against a righty-heavy Brewers lineup. Which way do you kind of lean with this? Yeah, this is an interesting game to me. Um, I think that Casimir will get a couple strikeouts because the Brewers can strike out a little bit. But I don't know if I'm using him against all the righties that they have here. You know, Ryan Braun owns left-handed pitching, 421 Woba, 251 ISO since the start of last season. Uh, You know, Jonathan Villar has been good since the start of last year against left-handed pitching. You got Luke Roy. You got Chris Carter. You know, there's a bunch of guys here that could make this a tough day for Kazmir. And then on the other side with Garrett, you know, I think next to Toronto, this L.A. Dodger offense is probably the one that I'm, I'm the most disappointed in this season. You know, I guess you can look at some of the righty-righty guys. Like, you know, Guerra's basically been about a 220-230 batting average to righties and lefties this year. Um, right-handers do have the higher fly ball rate, so probably a better chance to get a home run out of a righty. You're probably looking at guys like Justin Turner in that case. Uh, you know, hitting third in the order, solid in righty-on-righty matchups. Uh, Trace Thompson this year, 364 Woba, 200, 220 ISO score in righty-on-righty matchups. So he's got the power to hit one out of there as well. And then the only lefty bat I really like is uh, Seager. Uh, 380 Woba, 230 ISO against right-handed pitching since he got called up last year for him. Um, you know, I think I actually like Guerra more than I like Casimir uh, in the start. 
I absolutely like Gara more than Kazmar Kazmir for all the reasons you listed, and especially because Kazmir is eighty eight hundred dollars and Junior Gara is two thousand dollars cheaper. Uh, uh, sixty eight, yeah, at yeah. sixty eight, he definitely is, uh, right? is worth. I mean, that, a that's a nice little value there in this matchup. I totally agree with you, and um, you know, flipping it back to what you said on the other side of the ball uh, from Milwaukee. Uh, uh, agree. Braun obviously has been awesome, and and Villar's price has dropped a little bit down to thirty three hundred. Obviously, the stolen base potential is through the roof. But on top of that, he is also like Victor Martinez, a significantly better hitter from the right side of the plate than the left side of the plate. So when you get those opportunities, it's good to take advantage of them, especially for a decreased price. Benny, round it out. San Diego hosting the Nationals. Tanner Roark against Eric Johnson. Johnson. Uh, not that great, <laughs> but uh, Tanner Roark has been one of those guys who's, who's obviously been bad at times, but has shown some some terrific outings. That 15 strikeout one, we'll call an anomaly. But uh, mm-hmm. are you going to have any shares of Roark, or are you leaning towards a hit in this one? Yeah, no, I, I kind of like Roark in this one. I mean, like you said, he has had a bad start or two, but his good starts have been pretty good. I mean, he's he's done some some good stuff this year. Uh, he's a good guy against right-handed bats, and as we know, you look at the San Diego lineup. I mean, Will Myers, right-handed. Matt Kemp, right-handed. Upton, right-handed. You know, Ramirez, right-handed. I mean, there aren't a lot of lefty bats they can use to attack him. So I think this is a pretty good spot for him. San Diego has been, you know, really bad against right-handed pitching this year. They got a decent strikeout rate. I could see Roark putting up, uh, you know, maybe even the top score on the day on what is a pretty weak slate for pitching with a lot of the decent pitchers on the day having some tougher matchups. You know, I kind of like him as a play today. Yeah, I feel the same way. Even at nine thousand, considering how the the day shakes out, I wouldn't normally like to play pay nine thousand for Tanner Roark, but he's been really good and it's been pretty consistent. And you gotta like the matchup, you gotta like the ballpark. So I, I lean that way as well. And and on the other side of the ball, I'm assuming you're trying to get some of those Washington lefties into the lineup. Yeah, the lefties are the way you want to go against Johnson. You know, he's he hasn't been very good. His whip this year, he's had three starts this year. His whip is 1.90. So he's basically given up about two base runners an inning. That's he's bad. given up at yeah, he's given <laughs> up at least four runs in every one of his starts. So I mean, this is definitely a guy you want to target bats against. You know, the lefties have done better. I mean, Harper, uh, you know, Murphy behind them, maybe Ben Revere leading off. You know, all these guys make some sense. I wouldn't mind having some Wilson Ramos shares because he's just been really good this year as well. You know, if you're throwing in a, a stack, maybe you get a Zimmerman or a Worth in there. I mean, I, I kind of like this Washington team. I know the game's in San Diego, but I think they put up a couple runs. I I especially like the lefties, though. Yeah, I love Ramos. Dude is batting three thirty-five. Yep. What is that, man? I, I, like 10 home runs, too. Yeah, yeah like he's been a beast. Yeah, he got LASIK in the offseason, and, and it was one of those things you always hear. Like, you know, when you hear those things, like Mike Napoli last year with the, the sleep apnea, and there's always these reasons, and very rarely do they actually turn out to make a big difference, but maybe this guy just couldn't see that well. <laughs> You know, it's a pretty important skill you need to play baseball. Yeah, you would think. You would think. So, yeah, no, he's been great. I actually own him in, in my two biggest season longs and, and have been uh, have been very happy about it. But, again, he's only at 3200 I mean, you know, anytime he's not, you know, super pricey, I think it's a really good good value to take advantage of. Uh, Benny, that's it, man. We ran through that. It was fun. That went quick. Yeah, I mean, we only have 10 games on the slate for tomorrow, so it's not a huge day. And if you're playing the late slate, I think there's only seven of them. So you may have to go off the board a little bit. There'll probably be a little bit of overlap, but 
you know, don't get too crazy. Stick with the guys you think are the best plays, and, you know, that's how you'll make some money tomorrow. He's Benny Ricciardi. I'm James Seltzer. We thank you for listening to the Rotowire MLB Daily Podcast for June 16th, Thursday. Good luck. Go out. Win some money. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.